0: The countdown's on MP. Damo, the biggest and best wellness summit ever is fast approaching. Don't miss out on the entertainment. The education. The edutainment that is the wellness summit. Featuring for the very first time at the summit, the Merrymaker sisters, Carla and Emma Pappas, and the 2013 bachelor himself, the incredible chiropractor and sharp mover, Mr. Tim Robards, Plus, all of your Wellness Couch favorites. And wait for it, demo! All 22 podcasts on the couch will be in attendance at the Summit. Wow. So take your digital Wellness Couch experience and make it a real-life one at the transformational, inspirational, sensational 16 hours of Powerhouse Wellness Summit at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. September 10 and 11. More information and tickets available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Now, before you go, demo, there's a big competition on as of now. Every single person who registers before 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, August 14, goes into the draw to win a double pass to the inaugural 2016 Wellness Couch Awards Night. Amazing. You'll join the who's who of the Wellness Couch as we present for the very first time the best new podcast, most popular episode, most popular host, the best hair of course MP, most awkward moment, and many more sensational awards at this night of fun and wellness frivolity. But you must enroll, folks, by August 14. Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Wellness Women Radio. We are so excited to introduce to you an amazing guest, someone we've been uh, waiting to interview because he's going to talk today about a topic that we've touched on briefly through some of the uh, earlier episodes we've done. And today we're going to dive really, really deep into some important gut health information that is absolutely going to make your life better and solve some of the Concerning problems a lot of women are having with dysbiosis
2: and gut concerns. So Andrew is going to share with you who today's very special guest is. Oh, thanks, Ash. Uh, I am super-duper excited to introduce the incredible Dr. Jeremy Princey, and he is the holistic lifestyler. Um, And, ladies, if you haven't heard of him yet, you certainly will have. You may have seen him um, recently as one of the guest speakers on the Paleo Way Tour with uh, Pete Evans, and he was also a guest content writer for the Paleo Way Program as well. And he is an absolute expert on all things gut health. So he is one of our fellow chiropractors which we absolutely love Um, and he has a special interest in the microbiome so he travels all around the country teaching fermenting workshops speaking on the topic of the microbiome Um, and he also teaches uh, you know his patients and his audience everything they need to know to get their gut right um, properly. And, and this goes so much more beyond just taking, you know, acidophilus or probiotics. Um, and his brand really is all about supporting real health, um, and in a way that honors and respects the earth, which we think is just awesome. Uh, so Jeremy, welcome to the show.
3: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me on and Yeah. Excited to talk some, some gut health stuff with you guys.
2: Awesome. So we've got a bit more of a masculine voice uh, joining us today, ladies, which is always nice. Jeremy, can you kind of just give us a bit of a, a background into it? how did you get to to where you are now? So what interests you so much in gut health and the microbiome?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. And obviously, being a Cairo, it's it's something that's probably a little little left field. Um, I I guess I sort of well, I sort of joke around and say I, I was born into fermenting with you know coming from an Italian background where you, know, you sort of you, you go through all the pickling and preserving and making curing your own sausages and things like that. All those you know, what I thought at the time when I was growing up was weird and crazy sort of traditions. Um, but um, and then sort of you know, growing up in, in Australia, I, I it was actually I was actually quite self conscious about that sort of growing up within the um, within my peers because you know that was just so far of the norm of, of what everyone else was doing. Um, but um, and then so I guess in more recent times, I've, I've sort of, you know, learned um, through all this information that, you know, all those food preservation techniques like fermenting and curing actually have, you know, quite powerful health benefits. And, um, and you know, whilst it was a bit weird for me at the time, now it's, it's something that I, you know, really respect and, um, and you know, at, to the point now where I've decided I'm, going, I'm actually going to write a book, when, and it, well, I'm in the process of writing a book on, on fermented foods and these sort of ancient food preservation techniques and, and things like that. But I didn't know all that sort of stuff at the time. I sort of I, I, I came across fermented foods um, when I finished uni, in actual fact. I, I, as soon as we finished, I got quite ill. Um, finishing the Cairo program, obviously, it's quite a grueling process, as you, you ladies would know, um, and got to the final exit exams. Uh, finished that and basically went out and partied. For probably four days straight, as you do, <laughs> to, to celebrate, and um, at the end of that, probably I didn't. I don't think I really slept much, and um, my I, I I got a systemic bacterial infection, so that knocked me out quite badly, um, and I was sort of on and off antibiotics for a month, and really just sort of almost bedridden, really for, for the good part of a month. Um, and out of coincidence, someone um, was going along to a a health presentation by a a Czech um, holistic lifestyle coach in Perth, um, and said, you should come along. And so I came along, there's eight of us there. And he basically, it was just a, a wellness night where he just sort of ran through kind of pull checks, how to eat, move and be healthy book, I suppose, in you know, a good two or three hours. And, um, one of the, and this guy was, you know, he was a really healthy looking guy. And, you know, I really sort of thought, well, whatever he's doing, he's doing right. And what he has to say, I'll take it on board. Um, and, Basically, one of the things I, I suppose he covered there was, was fermented foods. It wasn't much. He just sort of touched on it and I was quite fascinated by it. Plus everything else that he had to say. And it, it really challenged all my preconceived views on health, like and nutrition. Cause obviously going through, um, Cairo school, you get the sort of the traditional, uh, nutrition approach, um, to the macronutrients and, um, you know, food pyramid type stuff. Whereas this was more sort of paleo Weston A Price Foundation type content. Um, which was quite challenging to accept at the time but i did my, I, you know i took it on board did my research and um i pretty much switched over um to that that method i suppose like paleo without knowing it was paleo um and um and the fermented foods i, I got hold of some some raw milk and some milk catheter cultures that next day and started fermenting um and within at that at that time I, I all through my um early years i had and early 20s i had quite bad acne on my back um which is quite Mm -hmm. concerning to me and i was pretty self-conscious about especially going through chiropractic school where you you know your shirt's off every day and you're working with your peers and it was something that sort of did play on my mind a bit but sort of within 30 days after you know changing to that sort of paleo type diet um and introducing fermented foods that cleared pretty much completely um and then you know i had you know, chronic sort of constant low back pain um, which was troubling me for a while I had a, a disc injury and all that sort of stuff just sort of cleared up um, pretty rapidly and and then it sort of that was sort of my I guess sort of introduction to fermented foods and, and my sort of personal experience with it so you know having a, a science mind I just wanted to, to know what, what it was all about and started looking on PubMed about the research into fermented Foods and realised that you know, it's not something weird and wacky. There's actually documented microbiology um, research on on these these foods, and um, it's not so mysterious as probably what um, it's, it's made out to be, I guess. Um, and yeah, one thing led to another, and long story short, my household turned into a bit of a science lab with all the different fermented foods on the on the <laughs> table, and and uh, yeah, just. Have decided at that point that I had to share this information because it was so powerful and took a step back in clinical practice to some degree and worked more on a part-time clinical basis um, to free up the time to travel around the country and uh, teach workshops, uh, spread the message, do speaking engagements, all that sort of stuff. And that's where I'm at now pretty much.
2: Awesome. Um, And Jeremy, it's so interesting that you had your own kind of health challenges, um, you know, possibly associated to some of the lifestyle choices that you were making while you were studying like that, and that you had some pretty radical changes that weren't necessarily uh, what we would classically think to be gut related. So, you know, back acne is something that lots of women have with all sorts of different hormonal conditions as well. Um, And it's interesting that that changed from healing your gut. So it's so interesting that it affects every system of the body. Jeremy, what sort of things are women doing wrong at the moment with their food that's affecting their gut health and their microbiome?
3: that's a. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. nutshell. <laughs> um, well, I think just in general we've become, you know, fairly well detached from, from food. So you know, it's not really, you know, people don't seem to sit down and, you know, enjoy a meal anymore it's kind of on the rush and you know we're not really being present at that time and and, and really you know just taking that time to enjoy the food chew properly you know, you, you know the simple the simple act of just you know chewing it chewing your food is something that you know people don't really do so well these days um so in, on in the rush um a few, few bites and it's straight down so it's you know that first part part of digestion's already compromised from the the get-go. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the whole mechanical process of breaking the food down plus, you know, mixing the the salivary enzymes like amylase to start digesting your carbohydrates, you know, that's compromised from the the start. So that's, I guess, one one area. And then, like I said, we've been detached from food, just, you know, not being conscious of how you feel after a meal and, you know, do you feel fatigued or bloated or gassy? after a meal, if, and if so, then it's probably something's not quite right there. And, um, you know, we're sort of looking, people seem to think of it, don't seem to put, join the dots together and realise that, you know, the, the food, the impact that food actually has. And, the, the, um, yeah, so that's probably, that's a couple of things. Um, like I said, that's such a, a uh, yeah, it's so, it's so multifactorial. But
1: that's a huge focus point there already because how many of us are rushing around, we're running late for work, we grab a food bar, eat it in the car on the way to work. Um, You know, you end up with a bit of indigestion or reflux and it's often a choice to go and pop some antacids because that'll sort it out and not, like you said, not slowing down, not being conscious of where the food's going, what sort of food you're eating and often being unaware that the chewing process is the very instigation of the important start of digestion isn't it
3: absolutely yeah well you got the you know it's 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 all three layers so the the first first phase of digestion i suppose is that cognitive layer so that conscious choice food choice second part being when it goes into the mouth that whole you know breaking down of the food and then mixing in those salivary enzymes then by that point then it's swallowed and into the into the stomach and the stomach's role then is to you know with that with a high acid content to to you know kill off any pathogenic bacteria um and further break down the the food so by the time it then gets into the small intestine um you know it's it's primed and ready to you know to start being absorbed and um it's a more easy efficient process on the small intestine so then you're not running into issues of you know small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and all those sort of downstream effects. so yeah really trying to hone in and get the the top end covered as best as possible first and make it easier further downstream because i mean it's downstream where the where the issues tend to rise you know ulcerative colitis crohn's you know all those um issues that affect the that those downstream areas like your, your colon and your small intestine
1: Absolutely, and so while you're going downstream, let's start to talk about uh, the microbiome and microbiota because this is something we've covered in previous episodes here um, on Wellness Men Radio, and we've talked about, you know, the importance of good skin flora and some health practices, eliminating some of the, the toxic lifestyle chemical products that are destroying our microbiome from the outside in. What, um, can you just give our listeners a little brief rundown on what the microbiome is and why it's just so important for health and particularly for digestive health?
3: Mm. Well, you, I mean, it's yeah, I guess it's all about those microbes, really. Um, so, there's you know, somewhere in the order of 100 trillion microbes that make up the gut microbiome, which is a huge figure, um, which accounts for you know, depending on the source you read, it's, it's roughly about 10, 10 times more microbial cells than human cells, which accounts to about 100 times more microbial DNA than human DNA. So, essentially, we're just sort of um, elaborate vessels for these microbes to take over and and um do their thing so it's such
2: a strange thing to get your head around isn't it
3: yeah well if, you know to put it uh, for the visual learners you know that dna that um, dna component that's about half a foot of human dna the rest being microbial dna if you wanted to look at it um, visually wow um, and 10 is probably about a whole leg that's about it for the in terms of cells um, so yeah it's it's you know and these microbes the importance you know they have it's they're not just taking up space they have clear orchestrated roles and we live in this symbiotic relationship not only in with the microbes in us but you know on and around us like if you could see what's what's you know around in in your space right now you'd be probably pretty shocked at you know what what there is microscopically and um it's that balance that we live in and um so um yeah you want you kind of you know you want to get that that optimal range of you know good good versus bad, so it's you know it's a it's a happy 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 relationship with them all. But yeah, I suppose you know put to put more to put it more in context um, you know, in terms of your immune system, about 80 percent of your immune system is found in your gut. Um, serotonin, around ninety to ninety five percent of that is actually synthesized in the gut by the microbes. Um, you know, it's dependent on specific Chemicals such as tryptophan, which is you know a, a by fermentation process of uh, from E. coli, good E. coli in the gut, um, vitamin D is also critical to, to help make up new, that, that um, serotonin. Which is um,
2: for for our listeners, if you don't know what serotonin is, that's our feel good, happy neurotransmitter.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's involved. You know, dysregulations involved with sleep issues, mood, anxiety, pain perception, OCD tendencies, um, and low serotonin is consistently seen in um adhd um, autism spectrum disorders depression all that sort of stuff so I mean, the key thing is that you know everything is you know where where um you know it's everything affects everything like it's so hard to really isolate things out um but it's just it's like dysregulation in one area is going to affect the other area and just in turn just have that sort of cascade of events
1: and and this is exactly why we often will say that there is no one pill fixing all we, we don't have this pill for every ill Uh, approach because this is so complex. The human body and its existence with the environment is one and all. So we love that you've got this holistic lifestyle approach because um, it's not one thing, is it? It's just so many elements of a lifestyle that come together to create the best human health and best human experience possible. Um, Mm -hmm. But if your, your microbiome, if your gut health is offline or like we've talked about, there's dysbiosis, then it's really leading down a myriad of health concerns.
3: Absolutely, and and I think you know working in a holistic manner is 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 very tricky because that is so many different components, and you know, so you kind of got to you've got to firstly look at the individual and and sort of clinically weigh up you know where to where to start and where to go from there. But what I've I guess found with my practice and the way it's evolved is. You know, you've got, we've got all these tools at our disposal. You've got all the you know, blood test, stool analysis, um, complete complete digestive stool analysis testing. Um, you've got food intolerance testing, pyrroles. There's, there's so many different things. So, and that they're all quite expensive tests. So you kind of got to weigh up clinically the the patient at hand. But and but for me, I suppose where I've sort of really gone down the path of is you know, sort of. And for the most part starting with some routine blood tests um, with working with their GPs and also running a stool analysis. So I like bioscreen in Victoria. Um, and the bioscreen testing looks at firstly parasites, but then the second component of the testing is the commensal organism. So the, you know, all the good bacteria um, that are supposed to be in, in in the system, but in what sort of ratios, you know, is it overgrowth of some things, undergrowths. Um some things that are supposed to be there that are not detected um, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I like to do that and and, um, and sort of start working on basically rebuilding people's um, uh, microbi- gut microbiome and sort of working from the inside out, I guess, and so far so good, getting some you know, really good and sometimes really profound effects. Um, but the key, I suppose, with all this, as you read in all the research papers, is it's, you know, We still are at the infancy of um, the research with all this. There's just so much coming out and it's so hard to keep on top of, to be honest. Um, And, you know, as Alessio Fasano said, with the microbiome, we're really at the the dawn of, of a revolution with all this stuff.
1: That's so exciting and here you are at the front of that revolution because you're out there already starting to encourage uh, people to change their lifestyle, change their diet and add in uh, some of these in- important components that will help to recolonize and repopulate the gut with the right bacteria.
3: Mm. And Jeremy, just, just on the topic of, I mean, you, obviously this is primarily women-based women podcast, your, yeah. your, your listenership. Um, I was contracted with a, a probiotic skin cleaning company as a as a spokesperson and, um, and and providing content for them. So I obviously did quite a bit of research into the skin microbiome and looking at um, looking at I guess my typical approach was you know the inside out, looking at the gut and things like that. Whereas you know, when you're looking at what you're putting on your skin and that sort of stuff, you're then looking at that in the, the outside in approach. Um, and some of the studies I was looking at was, you know, were quite interesting. There was one published this year, actually. It's called skin biomes, um, and you know, they're talking they're talking about, you know, the, the bacteria on the skin, you know, being able to actually penetrate through the deeper layers into the actual dermis. So, you know, then the theory then is that you know these microbes on the skin affect our the you know, affect the host immunity, so affect our immunity by actually penetrating through from that outside in approach. And you know, the skin's you know, it's about two two meters squared when you look at the surface area of it and in terms of bacteria content it's about 10 to the power of six bacteria um, per square centimeter so it's quite a lot i mean it's, it's not in the nothing in the order of the vicinity of the, the the density of in the gut but it is quite a lot of microbes and the important take on point with that is that symbiotic relationship so if those if that if that if you've got dysbiosis on your skin, so that out of balance bacteria in your the skin, then that's potentially going to manifest in your inflammatory skin conditions, um, um, you know, you know, acne, things like that, um, and um, those allergic um, inflammatory skin skin conditions. So, what you put on your body obviously is important, um, but I guess my approach is probably more focused on that inside out, like what you put what you're putting in, having those those. Um, ramifications but it is obviously quite important what, what's going on on the skin and what you're washing your skin with like you're using harsh chemicals that's nuking the, the whole the whole skin whereas you know some of the probiotic cleaning companies you know they're starting to put probiotics in so they're killing off the bad bacteria but still replenishing the, the good stuff too and you're seeing things like um, kombucha scoby mud masks and things like that starting to come out now which i think is you know pretty novel novel things and you know logically probably make a bit of sense
2: yeah awesome and this is so timely because we've actually just recorded an episode all about you know skin and different skin conditions and what um, the skin biota role that that plays in all of those conditions as well so Jeremy it's awesome hearing you say these things when there are existing problems you know with their gut with the microbiome to address those issues this goes so much more beyond simply taking probiotics doesn't it
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other thing with probos, you to remember is, you know, a lot of them are transients. So they'll go in, um, they're not necessarily going to colonize the gut. So you've got a lactobacillus undergrowth. Um, simply taking lactobacillus isn't necessarily meant they're going to populate and start restoring that. You know, what's probably happening, you're probably going to have more of a therapeutic potential action um, transiently. So maybe helping with um, gastrointestinal permeability, like, you know, some of the, the strains, I, I think, like the Bacillus helveticus and um, and what's the other one? Um, I can't the names escape me. But some of them, you know, have been shown to decrease the, the tight junctions within the gut, so that leaky gut environment. So in turn, healing the gut, which then then allows probably that potential platform for some of these beneficial organisms to, organisms to start colonating and and, um, and and you know getting that balance back back in on track. So but yeah, in answering your question, that goes beyond just taking probiotics for sure.
2: Okay, so your um, sort of take on this is very much involved with the the fermenting of foods and how that's beneficial for the gut. Jeremy, can you kind of explain why fermented foods are so beneficial and why that helps that microbiome?
3: Yeah, well, I, I suppose you know, I try I try and take you know, as much of a scientific scientific approach and evidence based approach as possible. Um, which you know, a lot of the evidence is looks towards, you know, looking obviously at probiotics because you know it's there, in, you know, big industries and things like that. Um, but I suppose you know, intuitively, I feel that you know, food—if you can get something from food—then um, it, it's got that you know a far more, I guess, biosynergistic, synergistic. I don't even know if that's a word effect that you, a therapeutic effect that you that you can that you can that you can get. So. Fermented foods, obviously, people probably realise now that they're you know full of um, microorganisms um, and bacteria, some yeasts as well. Um, whereas something like you know a lab-made probiotic is you know, very specific; um, it's a, a couple of different strains, for instance. Um, whereas something like sauerkraut is quite diverse. Um, and in terms of the benefits, you know, you're obviously getting the food benefits plus those, that, the, the um, bacteria. Um, but the other thing that fermented foods do, you know, obviously it, they pre-di- it predigests the food to some degree, so it breaks down the, the carbohydrate content. Um, so, you know, some, if it's fermented properly, you know, some sauerkrauts will be, you know, um, very, very low in carbohydrate compared to the raw form. Um, and it increases the bioavailability. So, if you look at some of the um, some of the chemicals that um, are, in, are in the raw cabbage, we'll stick with sauerkraut for congruency. But if you look at a raw cabbage, for instance, some of the the, the, the um, chemicals are relatively biologically inactive, and through that fermenting process, um, they're converted into more active forms. So, the uh, I think the the um Always usually mess that, that name up. That gets converted to um, isothiocyanates, um, indole 3 carbonyl, and another one, DIM, that's in a lot of the estro block um, formulas, which yeah. is essentially um, just, I mean, this is quite big with, for, for women's health, actually. So these new chemicals that are produced, those that I3, I3C and DIM, and those isothiocyanates, they help and assist with excess estrogen detoxification. Um, which, you know, in the, in the marketed supplement realm is those block type um, formulas. Um, so the key thing with that, though, is they, they're not present in a raw cabbage. So through the fermentation product process, those, those chemicals are actually um, formed. So um, quite an important thing. So they, you know, they act on the cytochrome P450 detoxification pathway and yeah, help with um, that excess estrogen detoxification, which is quite a big thing in today's society because of all the endocrine blockers that you know we're exposed to, and pollution, and toxicity, and all that sort of stuff. So you, know, you can talk for hours on that sort of that sort of stuff. But that's in the nuts and bolts of it.
2: Oh, absolutely. And Jeremy, that's so fascinating because every single woman that I've done hormone profiling on has all come back with toxic levels of estrogen, which is really interesting. And it's mm-hmm. amazing that something like sauerkraut, so just doing something really simple that you can do at home can help to aid those detoxification pathways through the liver and actually start to address some of these underlying hormonal causes as well.
3: Yeah. That's and awesome. That, and, and that's, you know, so that's shown in the scientific literature. It's not just sort of journalistic reporting that's that's um you know the real the real deal type of stuff so yeah
1: and is it true to say that uh, fermenting is actually really easy that you can do it at home yourself because i know a lot of people uh, go out to the shops and buy really expensive bottles of fermented foods which is fantastic because they're there and they they're quick and they're available but hmm. is it something you can do at home easily yourself like if you're a busy woman running out to work every morning you know getting home late because that's uh, unfortunately some of the hours we we're, we're all running at the moment can, can you do this stuff? Is this stuff that I could make on my kitchen bench?
3: Yeah, well, look at, looking at sauerkraut again, um, I've never timed it, but I probably will one day just to show how quick it can be. Chop, chopping up a cabbage, massaging it for five minutes with the right salt ratio and putting it in the right, the right jar um, will take you probably, you know, depending on the size, the volume you're doing, but say you're doing a simple one to two litre ferment, will take you about 15 minutes tops. Um, so then you're done. Then you've got, you know, a good two, two litres or two kilos worth of um, sauerkraut, which will last you quite a while. Because the key, one thing that's important to know with this with this stuff is it's, you know, they are quite powerful foods, um, functional foods. So the mistake I commonly see um, is people overdoing it um, and sort of eating too much of this stuff. That You know, you don't need a lot, just, you know, a little bit as a side component. And I recommend, you know, trying to aim to get a side component for fermented Fermented foods with most meals, and try and mix it up. A bit, you know, so kimchi, sauerkraut, uh, there's so many different ones, all the different, you know, um, lacto fermented veggies. And I'm I support the the vegetables more so than the the the, the drinks and and all that sort of stuff. There's, there's more research being done on the on the, the lacto fermented vegetables. I'm not 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 100 convinced on the on the kombuchas and all that sort of stuff and going overboard with that.
2: Yeah, Jeremy, is the sugar component in kombucha an issue? Well,
3: it depends on how you ferment it. If you don't ferment it long enough, then for sure, then okay. it's going to be. If, which it's a general rule. If it's still sweet and there's still sugar in there, essentially, what happens the longer you leave it, is, to my understanding, kombucha turns at some point when the, once the sugars are being consumed, turns to an. I think an acetic acid ferment or so a vinegar ferment. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So
2: if the if it tastes vinegary, then it's much better than having like a sugary carbonated, um, you know, quote unquote health drink.
3: <laughs> Possibly, and then I guess it depends on you know if, if people have in, you know the individual at hand. I guess if someone has issues handling yeasts, um, yeah. kombucha, I haven't I haven't seen enough data to see what what specific strains of yeasts are in there. Um, for the most part, from what I have seen, they do seem to be, um, you know, "quote unquote" uh, um, healthy yeasts, um, because obviously you know, there's some pretty nasty yeast strains out there that we don't don't really be want taking taking a handle. And it, it's pretty it's a pretty controversial area, I suppose, in the in the um, I guess naturopathic circles and um, integrative medicine practices with yeasts and candida or all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's I haven't. I'm not convinced either way with all that sort of stuff just yet. So I take a cautious approach and to ear on the side of sticking with the lacto fermented veggies and um, doing that right and fermenting it properly for the you know um, the right amount of time and that sort of thing. And, and um, yeah, I sort of go down that take that approach more so
1: that's a great approach for women too because you start with one thing do that mm. one thing well and once you get a bit of uh, an understanding of how it all works then then move on to to other i guess other fermentation processes but like you said just just start with one thing sort of get uh, get familiar and comfortable with making that whether it just be sauerkraut or some kimchi and, uh, and once you feel proficient and uh, getting good results with it, then get out there and create other things. Because I noticed you've also run workshops um, on creating things like, which I thought was amazing because this is like the revolution of the coconut at the moment, um, mm-hmm. making coconut yogurt. And I thought it was interesting that you should mention that um, how sometimes the coconut yogurt we're buying off the shelves could actually be affecting uh, our guts in the sense it could actually be exacerbating some of that underlying dysbiosis. Why would that be so?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good question. Um, so with with any yogurt or cultured food, um, they, they they'll typically use a, a some sort of starter culture or a culture medium to to consume the the, um, the sugar content and get those probiotics in there. So for instance, if you've got if we do if we run a bioscreen test and we see that you've got um, overgrowth of certain organisms, for instance, maybe Streptococcus. Um, then it's probably not wise to be taking a product that has, you know, streptococcus as its as its um, primary um, as starter culture or culture medium. Um, the other issue that we see with strep is it, it produces a lot of D-lactate, um, which for humans is, is a bit of an issue because we don't have the um, the, the um, metabolic machinery to sort of detoxify that very well. So um, it's been implicated with um, chronic fatigue syndrome, a few other bits and pieces. Um, so and the other thing with that is lactobacillus acidophilus is also delactate-producing. So for someone with a strep overgrowth, um, acidophilus may be not a wise um, probiotic to be choosing, nor, nor a, a something that's a probiotic that's got um, streptococcus in it. Now, strep's not too much of an issue in terms of probiotics. Not too many of them have that in um but a lot have will have acidophilus so when we're trying to rebuild someone's gut and trying to keep that D-lactate de- de- down if they've got over, those certain overgrowths then we need really need to be quite wise with you know, the specific probiotics that we're choosing um and this is you know my take on all this now from what i've learned and, and my understanding now is that it is really tricky just recommending a generic probiotic um because like i say if you've got overgrowths in certain organisms and then certain you know um, strains aren't going to aren't, aren't going to work so well and potentially feel that dysbiosis
2: yeah that's so interesting because you know it goes so much more than just that that uh, yogurt added or the acidophilus added to, to yogurts and we're thinking that we're getting everything that our, our gut health might need or from those inner health plus ads that just taking a simple probiotic a day is, is everything that we need in abundance. It's amazing, isn't it?
3: Mm. And, that, and that was probably okay when we didn't have the information at hand, but, I, I, you know, we're be, I, I think we're beyond that now. Like the, the old saying, you know, rotate your probiotics, you know, by fluke you might, you know, Get the right ones but you know there's a chance you're making things worse and they different different strains do different things i mean you look at the interleukin-6 pathway so that's that sort of pro-inflammatory system in the body um um uh, bifidobacterium longum that's been shown to assist in lowering interleukin-6 um and you, you got the interleukin-10 pathway that's it's the anti-inflammatory cascade so and you look at um uh strains like lactobacillus plantarum which is you know that's actually found in a lot of fermented foods that's been shown to promote those you know interleukin 10 cascade of events of the anti-inflammatory components so and then you look at other probiotics and they seem to influence those areas negatively so there's a lot to it and we're finding out more and more and um yeah it's, it's all i i, I guess the more you know, the the more you sort of come to respect this a little bit more, I suppose.
2: Oh, this is awesome. And Ash, I don't know about you, but I'm learning a hell of a lot, which is so great.
1: It's fantastic. <laughs> and, this is, and this is the whole idea we try and give to you guys listening is that It's constantly evolving science. Uh, We can't stop and and rest on our merits and just say, yeah, we know this and that's enough. And and like Jeremy's just saying, that unfortunately a lot of us are just popping into the health food store, grabbing a probiotic out of the fridge or off the shelf, um, dumping it in there, hoping that it's going to do the job but not really sure. And then when there's still health concerns happening, um, in the back of your mind said, yeah, but I'm already I'm already using probiotics. You know, I'm, I'm already doing that. So it can't be that. And sometimes that stops our continued discovery or learning of our own bodies and understanding our body better. And this is where Jeremy promotes that idea that in order to really understand, you're going to have to get testing. So yeah, we do mm-hmm. encourage you to go out there and, and find a practitioner that is willing to work with you and do those tests. And unfortunately they are sometimes expensive, but what's the price of health if you're dumping in really expensive probiotics and not getting the right outcome that's also wasting a lot of money right there
3: absolutely yeah Better you're better off yes spending the money in the initial stages than patching up the you know the the problems that you're potentially creating and the money that you're potentially wasting by self self-prescribing i suppose
2: absolutely yeah definitely mm. um, jeremy this is awesome this is to a bit of a wrap-up okay so mm. For some take-home tips for our listeners right now, some things that they can start employing in their you know, daily routine to really help to nourish their gut and really help to heal that that and support that microbiome. So first things first, be conscious of your food choices. Um, make sure that you're actually starting that digestive process by actually chewing your food and being conscious while you're eating as well. And do that with family and with that connection as well, because we know that all the research shows that 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 is going to be so much more beneficial for your system as well. Um, start with some simple fermenting. So with your sauerkraut and your kimchi, and certainly because all of the research is very supportive of those practices as well. Uh, Jeremy, is there anything else that you would add um, to that list that um, our amazing listeners can start doing right now?
3: Yeah, definitely. The, the, the real simple stuff. So making sure you're getting proper sleep. So sleep and, um, you know, Making sure that you're getting to bed at a reasonable time, um, decreasing you know the, the light exposure at night, trying to get that you know those hormones functioning properly so you you know your, your melatonin kicking in at the right time to naturally put you to sleep, um, and and you know that's going to help with stress and stress management because stress. I mean, you could you could do all this stuff correctly, and when I see clients and we're working with and I, and I see clients around the country via Skype and things like working with this with these. Um, issues and, and stool analysis, testing and programs. And I always say to them, like, before we even start that, you know, there's no point going down this path if a few things aren't dialed in and that's sleep um, and um, stress management because, you know, you need the best diet in the world and if you're stressed and if that's not in order, then that that has huge implications on the gut um, and, you know, that leaky gut, gastrointestinal permeability sort of um environment so you know certain stress hormones have been shown to in, uh, increase those tight junctions and creating that leaky gut environment so that's huge so from the get-go those simple things simple things and then also um, adding um, proper water so um, you know and we sort of joke around at the workshops and things like that saying if you're going to be taking probiotics there's no point washing them down with you know standard tap water that's got antimicrobial um, <laughs> things in them So you're just wasting your probiotics whether that actually happens I'm not 100 sure but if you're putting in antimicrobial stuff into your gut you know, you know you are going to you know ruin that gut that gut flora i suppose or gut, gut microbiome. so making sure you you're adequately filtering your water and from my research looking around at the the different water filters out there i like the zazen water system um and i've spoken with you know head lecturers over in victoria at universities in microbiology about water filtration and all that sort of stuff and my conclusion was I, I quite like their portable benchtop system. does it does a good job at um, filtering out you know the, the bad stuff and putting back in in the good stuff for you. Um, and sort of sort of hounded them a bit, and initially get a fifteen percent discount for anyone who uses the um, discount code that I recommend. So that's and that's. Um, the discount code at the checkout is HL Water. I don't know if you want to put that in your show notes or something oh, like that. Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah, we'll put all the links down there so that our listeners yeah. can find out. Well, what exactly is the the water filtration system you recommend? The discount code mm. they can use uh, for particularly for those people who want to jump in and start this process today. Because yeah, the more we know and the better products we can find. Because this is hard work. You've done the homework for us, so I'm mm. certainly going to go and, out there and have a look at uh, that product now. Because yeah. there's yeah, so and much the same goes there.
3: with the yeah with that. Like, like we're talking about the skin microbiome, so what you're showering in, showering in as well, so a sh- proper shower filter. I mean, you can go through the whole hog and do your, you know, the whole home filtration system, but a lot of people don't do that path. It's expensive and, you know, they're moving around and that sort of thing. So the portable benchtop system and the, and the simple shower head filter sort of gets things in the right track um, awesome. you know, from that angle.
2: Oh, Jeremy, this is amazing. Um, I know that our listeners are going to want to find out more about you and everything that you're doing and also your upcoming workshops as well. Uh, Jeremy, where can they go to find out these details?
3: Um, just basically my social media pages and my website, so holisticlifestyler.com is my website. Um, I have an a, a, a Instagram account, Holistic Lifestyler, Facebook, Holistic, Holistic Lifestyler, easy to remember. Um, nice. And... Uh, what else? I, I have a workshop coming up in Perth. Um, on the, we haven't released a date yet. It's just exclusive to our pre-release people on the email list so far. But we're about to launch that public. That's on the fifteenth of August. Oh, so um, can we
1: can we let our Perth ladies in on this uh, little secret session you're going to have?
3: Sure. So yeah, if you and it can give you a discount too. So um, it will give you the the those on the VIP pre-release list. The, the discount code is. Um, I think it's HL10, but I'll have to double check that at That's the give those <laughs> you details know. to us. I don't
1: we'll want, to give, I don't want to give you the
3: wrong the wrong thing, and then everyone tells me <laughs> off. Um, yeah, so the fifteenth of August on a Monday night in Mount Hawthorne Fantastic. is when the it'll be a sauerkraut and beet kvass. So starting with the, the basics, you know, a basic fermented vegetable and a basic fermented beverage, um, and yeah, running through some of the gut health stuff too.
2: Brilliant. Beautiful. Jeremy, thank you so much. And thank you for including um, our little tribe of women here in your VIP club. Uh, but I think yeah. that's awesome. Ladies, yeah. we hope that you have got so much out of the episode today, like what we have. We'll certainly post all of these links on our social media as well so that you can get more details about Jeremy excuse me, about Jeremy and these workshops. So find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the wellness women or on Instagram underscore underscore at the wellness women. Ladies, make sure you go on iTunes, you subscribe to these episodes so they just get downloaded for you automatically. Give us a five star rating on iTunes if you feel like we deserve it and make sure you leave your comments there and, uh, certainly tell us what your experience is with any of these fermenting um, practices. If you've done these before, have you tried them? Have you tried any commercial ones as well? What have been your thoughts and what do you love? Uh, We look forward to hearing from you. uh, And until next week, ladies, be well.